you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now, here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi, and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes, Stitcher, and at nfl.com/slash Shack. Oh, this is fun. You know, it's football season now. Training camps are underway. But something that really caught my eye over last weekend, it was one of our very favorites. He's the 2013 Shecky Award winner for the best football playing guest. He is, of course, a prime contender once again in 2014. But now he's taken to assaulting fans at golf tournaments. Here he is, everybody, star linebacker of the Green Bay Packers. It's A.J. Hawk. What's the poop, fella? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Damn it, Shek, you just kind of referenced the last two weeks of my life, so, you know, mm-hmm. I feel pretty good about it. I had an eventful uh, last 10 days, I would say. First of all, let me say this, and then we got to get into it here. First of all, Hawk is now a podcaster himself. <laughs> Hawkcast available. How do we track that down there? Your first guest, Vince Neal of Motley Crue or Brett no, Michaels? Brett Michaels. I get no, those two guys confused. I'm sorry. Brett Michaels, a fellow Pittsburgh tough guy like you. That's right. Um, yeah, man. Uh, it'll eventually be on, like, you just talked about you, iTunes and Stitcher and all that. It's going to go out to all that. I don't know how to work all the technology stuff. My buddy's doing that. But uh, right now, we just finally posted our first one. I had like nine or ten in the vault that I've already recorded. We're about to release. Um, but I can go to uh, thehawkcast.com or ajhawk.com, whatever. It'll, re- it'll redirect you that way. So I can't Fun. wait. I will be a consumer of this uh, of this podcast, rest assured. I'm looking forward to that. But all right, so Hawkcast, track it down. Now let's get down to business. We have to have a serious conversation. Hawk, I'm a fan of yours. I like you as a football player. 
I like you as a human being, but I think you're getting a little off the rails. What 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 in what in crap are you doing attacking golf fans? Well, what you're what I'm guessing you're talking about is um, I played in Lake Tahoe the American Century Championship last week, and in case you didn't check the the leaderboard, I'm not too good of a golfer. So oh, what'd you do? Wait, how'd you do in that? Oh, I don't even know. Sixty something place out of ninety guys, or whatever. But that's, that's okay. That's okay for me. All those dudes play golf five, six, seven days a week. I play five times a year, so I felt okay about it. Who's worse than you? Barkley is always. He's he's uh, atrocious. I, I beat Barkley for sure. Good I beat Alan Thick this year too. <laughs> you beat Alan Thick, an achievement. All right. Uh, but. Basically, there's a, on a Thursday of of last week for the event. There's a it's like a pro am type day where I was playing with these a nice foursome from these guys that work for Corbell and, and distributors of Corbell, and these guys were awesome. And there's one hole there, number seven, that always on the practice round day they're they're kind of yelling and heckling people. And for whatever reason, um, this this one these guys really wanted me to tackle them for some reason, and. I kind of shrugged it off, said no multiple times, and then finally I kind of just moseyed my way over to the ropes where they were, and I only took about a three- or four-step running start and <laughs> took the guy down. But he was a big, strong dude, so I had to kind of drop my legs and, and get a little shot on him. First of all, yes, I did observe immediately that that guy was not uh, some pipsqueak. He was a big dude. The other thing I noticed was it is a funny thing to realize – Oh, yeah, pro football players really know how to hit somebody. There's something about watching it, the short amount of space you had, but you really put a lick on him, you know. you Your form was sublime, so congratulations on that. But, more, uh, but it was really more disconcerting than it was anything else for me, Hawk. I feel like you feel now like you're above the law or something. I mean, what, what, you oh, can't no. run around hitting people like that. Oh, I would never do that um, without the guy's <laughs> consent and with all those guys, without those guys letting me know that they really needed it to happen and they wanted it to happen. Those guys were they were trying to get anybody basically to tackle them. I guess I was the only guy in the field that day that took them up on their offer. But the thing is, if you look closely, the guy's a big, jacked-up dude with sleeve tattoos and everything, so he's pretty strong. And the only reason I even gave it, I even – Gave him a nice little pop because I thought he was going to turn on me maybe at the last second, like, "Hey, joke's on you," and hit me. <laughs> so I had to really, I had to give him a, I had to find a way to get him a good shot without going to the ground myself, and it, it came out better than I could have ever envisioned. In our litigious society, what, did you did it cross your mind like, what if I really break this guy's ribs or something? Or you know, from an ego standpoint, what if I don't knock this guy over? What if I don't get this guy to the ground? This will be a humiliation when I go to camp. The other uh, Packers will razz me endlessly for this. Uh, well, that's how dumb I am. Is I didn't think about him suing me until after I tackled him. So that shows you that shows you where my thinking was. I was thinking the latter that, hey, if this guy really if he sticks his shoulder down and I don't get him on the ground, this is going to be a bad deal for me. So that's where I, that's where my mind was. That's where my mind was at that second. What about the fact that you know did the well had the Packers since said like, hey, Hawk, please don't do that anymore. What if we, what if you well, had hurt your shoulder? Well, official reporting day is tomorrow, David Sheck, so maybe I'll send you a tweet or a text to let you know if I got any, uh, if I get called in the principal's office. So, all right, Hawk. All right, I just, I had to speak with you about this because I was really very nervous about, uh, 
um, you know, what this might mean for, you know, what this might mean for your attitude that you feel like you're now can play vigilante out and about on the streets and on the golf courses of America. I just have to touch base with you. Have a little mini intervention for you, well, you know? I was, yeah, I hate to cut you off, but if you see, I don't know the clip you saw or not, if you see after I hit him and, ta- and tackled him, we got up, I gave the guy a big bear hug. We're basically best friends now. And then I went down the whole line of all of his buddies and high-fived them all. It was like, you know, it was, it was a great experience for everybody. And then <laughs> John Miller, the head of NBC, was in the group behind me, and he came up and talked to the kid, and the kid was showing off the grass stains on the back of his shirt and gave him his name and said, yeah, I would love for you to show this on TV. So everybody everybody won in that situation. All right, well, big win. And like you know, I told you this the last time we talked, I'm on record now. I know it's just July, but I have said the Green Bay Packers are going to the Super Bowl. Something we've been talking about here, Hawk, the last uh, the last couple weeks is high end, low end for every team in the NFL. What their high end potential is, what is the worst? Let's rule out Aaron Rodgers getting hurt because you could do that with anybody. Don't you feel like the defense has some really good pieces and that the offense is obviously loaded? I mean, is the expectation? Do you guys talk about that sort of thing? Like, man, enough's enough. We got to win the Super Bowl this year. Nothing nothing less than that is going to be acceptable. Of course. I mean, that's how we always feel around here in Green Bay. But I think this year especially that's true because we haven't got it done the last couple of years and how we've gotten knocked out of the playoffs has kind of been painful by the Niners. You know, I've, I've referenced on here before. They, mm-hmm. they, they, they've got, had our number in the playoffs the last couple of years and just kind of uh, done a great job against us. So you're right that we, we got the big guy, Julius Peppers, on the edge now. We, we drafted a guy like Ha-Ha Clinton Dix out of Alabama. We have a ton of young guys that are – can I, that have gotten a little bit of time last year and the year before that are, are ready to step up. So I think our defense obviously has a ton of talent. It's just whether we put it, put it on the field come Sundays, you know, and stop just talking about it. Right now there's 32 teams that feel awesome about their chances and say they're in the best shape of their lives. And Isn't that ridiculous, though? Do you laugh oh, at that when God. you see – you know, isn't it amazing that every team is really excited about the rookies that they drafted and the free agents and they're in the best shape of their careers and so on? Oh, my gosh. It's the most annoying thing ever. I That's my problem I have is that – so I'm going on my ninth season and I have to sometimes either mute or unfollow people on Twitter when all they do is post pictures of their workouts from every single day talking about how they're grinding and whatever's going on, rise and grind and whatever. I'm not trying to make anybody mad at me, but it's like, we, I know, I understand you all. Everybody works out great. I don't need to see 15 <laughs> I, you know what maybe you could do, Hawk, is maybe you should start tweeting out like, I don't know, I've been in better shape in my life, you know? <laughs> just right. just to stand out. Yeah, just start doing that. So I like, like, I don't know, I feel like uh, lukewarm on our chances this year. I don't know. Maybe we'll do well. Maybe we won't, on the other hand. Well, it's just like when, uh, when a band releases a new album, you know, it's the best music they've ever done. It's the most, right. they really went off the grid this time. They locked themselves in some basement. Of in Indonesia and made this, this awesome album that is something really new and the coolest thing you've ever done. So that's basically like every start of the NFL season. There's 1,800 players saying that. Yeah, but you know, in like you know, comedians don't go up on the stage and say, "I am about to be super funny. I hope you're ready to laugh." Like you wouldn't do that. So why do football players feel compelled to announce how good they're gonna be this year? That's very true. That's a good. Uh, 
that's a good point you bring up. Um, I don't know. Maybe just because there's so much time between the last game that was played and when the next, the first one of this season will be, that it's like, what else we're going to talk about? It's true. We are all. That is all we do is work out, get with our team, practice, do all that kind of stuff. And then a lot of guys obviously probably put in 10 to 12 hours of video games a night. But <laughs> I'm not really, I'm not really on that train. But um, I don't know. Maybe it's just all we've known from from a young age. It's all we've we've ever talked about when you get together with your buddies and they just sit there and talk about how much they bench. How many guys do you know? How true is it that it's about your self-confidence that that's what gets you to the NFL? And and because it seems to me every single professional athlete I've ever met has this something that I do not have in my own life, which is great self-confidence, almost arrogance. You don't really seem, I will tell you that, I'm not trying to curry favor with you, you don't seem arrogant at all. You never bring up, hey, I, why, don't, why aren't I a pro bowler? You don't seem to bring that up. But how big a factor is that even once you get to the NFL that these guys think they're the best and ergo they are, are actually play like they're the best? Well, I mean, it, it's very true that to play a, a violent sport like football, just like any professional sport, you do have to be very confident in yourself. And I think you can see that when guys sometimes start to go downhill, depending on different positions, is more obvious than others. That Yeah, sometimes people's confidence can be shook a little bit. So you have to have it to get to the league, but I think some of it that you see around is also a show as well. Where a lot of a lot of egos, anybody knows, is just their insecurities coming out, and people are just trying to mask it with an ego. So I don't know. You know, you got to really get down and and get to know people to see what makes them tick. But it's one of those things where some guys are are brought up from a young age when they're a freak athlete. They've been they've had people that have been blowing smoke at them their whole life. You know, so they do. They start to believe all the hype. What? Uh, how much are you? Give me a from one to ten. How sick are you about the next month? Are you like, ugh, I I just hate this. This is the worst. I got to go be out in the humidity and running around and banging into guys for practice. That's this has to be the worst part about being a pro football player. I mean, yeah, I guess it is. Um, Donovan McNabb actually asked me that when I was out in Tahoe. He was out there. And he's like, oh, be be honest, you know, real talk. Don't be, you, you know what you though, but don't be. In, no, no one likes you as a name dropper, Hawk. You know, you're better than that. Is that a name? Was that a name drop, man? I, I don't know, Donovan McNabb. I don't know. Well, he was. He works for NBC. He was doing a radio show. So All right. He's he's one of your one of your brethren, another media member. Well, no, no, he's so, now our brethren since you also brethren. are a media member. Look at you. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, I told him. And it's true. I think the idea of camp is always way worse than what camp is. It's always like the anticipation of anything that you you aren't really sure. I mean, I've been in the same place now going on nine years, so I have an idea of what it's going to be like, but I really don't day-to-day. Everything is so fluid and changes that some days are going to be better than others. But it does. you can't hate it because I, I try to at least look at the big picture and think, obviously there's going to be a time when I'm going to wish I was going to camp with a team and I'm going to be trying to get back into a camp with some team. So that's a good attitude. I try to keep that in my mind when I'm trying to, you know, when I'm tired after 10 days of practice, trying to wake up at five 30 in the morning, but you know, it's all, no one's going to feel bad for us. Come on. We're playing pro football. I agree. But do you have to share a room in the uh, college dorm? Of course I do. Yeah. Ooh, see that would be te- that would be enough for me to really hate it. So like for the next month you've got to share a room with another grown man. It can't be a very big room and you guys are big guys and everything. 
it's not a big room and it's not a big bed either. It's a little single bed. It's like going to college, basically, for us. Um, that stinks. Yeah, last- I would hate that. I would, I'd go crazy if I were you. Yeah, but it's kind of like the good thing about us is we don't go away to camp. We stay here in Green Bay, so I can still pop home. Like, if we get out of meetings, say I get done with meetings at 9 o'clock at night, I'll run home for 45 minutes to an hour and, you know, go check on my wife, see how everything's doing, make sure there's not some other guy that moved in and look at my kids, give my kids a kiss, and then go back to the dorm quick. But you're not there a whole lot because they, they honestly take up all your time at the facility, so you're not really in there too much. Top three and bottom three, you know, best, worst things about being a pro football player. Is number one training camp the worst? Um, yeah, probably just moving away. Living in the dorm is, is what's tough for me. I always think about it. I understand why we do it, but I'm like, man, I'm a 30-year-old father of two with a guy walking into my room at 11 o'clock making sure I'm, I'm going to get to sleep pretty soon. That would be just the worst. So who do you have to share the room with? Well, last year I had John Kuhn. Um, I don't know this year. I assume it'll be Kuhn again, but I do not know. I will find that out tomorrow. I don't understand this. I can't believe that you don't get uh, – uh, fine. They should be like a thing, like the first year or two you have to have a roommate. But after that, there should be, you know, the tenure should come with some benefits. I don't like this well, for you. For road games, I do – I have my own room in the hotel, but – the thing is, are the dorm we stay in was what they stayed in back when Lombardi was here. So there's not enough rooms to house the whole team. Like You can't give a lot of guys their own room. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. All right, what's the best thing about being a pro football player? Um, you can say money. I won't think less of you. It is, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever – I'm trying not to sound too corpo and telling you it isn't money because money is amazing. It gives you a lot of opportunities, but that's not – it doesn't matter. You're not waking up and when you feel terrible and going through practice. I don't, the money doesn't push me forward in those practices. But um, I would just say that I'm 30, and my supposed job is to run and hit people as hard as I can on a daily basis. And then and now I have my little kids to watch and have my daughter telling me that she wants me to, to go out there and knock people out. So that's the best part for me. <laughs> I like that. Um, what's the worst part if it isn't training camp then? Um, just the, not not the worst, but I say the hardest is this the um, like the um, the uncertainty. You don't really know. Like you never really want to make plans for certain things. Like I've had people tell me all the time, oh, "I'll be up, I'll be up to a game hopefully next year or whatever." And I'm like, "Easy, buddy. You, you, we have no idea. Like don't I don't take anything for granted. I don't know." If the Packers decide that they don't want me, they can give me a call right in the middle of this. They can they can buzz me during this call and tell me to see you later, go back to Ohio. So the kind of the uncertainty of that, never really knowing exactly for sure where you're going to be and you know what's going on. What is talk me into some things? I'm going to throw out some cynical things at you, and you tell me why I'm wrong. First of all. The departures from the wide receiving, pass catching core has now finally will finally reveal itself, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't have enough guys catching good high end pass catchers that the offense will finally slow down a little bit. Oh no, you're completely false on that one. Um, well, first of all, we have, in my opinion, my biased opinion, 
Jordy Nelson is one of the top three to five receivers in the NFL. I've been hearing a lot about that lately. You know, there are some guys I've been talking to. Jordy Nelson, talk about him. Is is he undervalued? Because to me, I don't know. Is Jordy Nelson definitely, like, if he went to – I don't know Kansas City. Would he be a star there? I don't. I, I, I'm not convinced. I think he's spectacular. He really, you know, the body control. We're aware of that. He does make spectacular catches. But would he be a star no matter who's throwing him the ball? Yeah, for sure. He would definitely be a star. It obviously helps to have a guy like Aaron throwing you the ball. But it doesn't matter. Whenever, whatever, if the ball is anywhere thrown in his direction, Jordy's coming up with it. And Jordy runs by guys. He's powerful. He does everything. So. Hmm. Huge respect for a guy like him. I just went back to his hometown in Kansas uh, about a month and a half ago for his charity event and all, took our kids down there. I was herding cattle with him. I mean, Jordy's a legit, like, farmer, like rancher. <laughs> it's awesome. That also doesn't appeal to me. I wouldn't want to go to training camp and have to share a room with a grown man. I wouldn't want to be a rancher. I never want to go on a hike. There are a lot of things I don't want to do in my life. What are you that talking other- about? All this- all I see on this Twitter is all these guys, what, Runyon Canyon? Is that where you go hike? And do Not me. I don't understand that as a as uh, an interest. I don't under – these people who love to go hike through the hills, Well, I want to I want to take – go out of my way to walk somewhere up a hill? Ugh, that just sounds terrible. Oh, it's so relaxing. The views are so beautiful. Yeah, but I got to walk up a hill to see them. No, thank you. Plus, there's snakes well. up there. Well, if they're if they're hiking up a hill for re- relaxation, Demichek, they might bring some other substances with them to to relax them. I'm guessing. Mmm, I think I know what you're talking about. Candy yeah. bars. They bring and they bring delicious chocolate treats for them to eat while they're up and there. And it's all and it's all legal out there in your crazy state of California. Yeah, I guess it kind of is there. Um, so, all right, Hawk. How's the, so the the off season is winding down for you as usual. You do great stuff with charity, Hawks Locks. You you know the 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 hair for uh, for sick kids and everything is a wonderful deed that you do. You participate in all these other things. But have you gotten a chance to see some movies? Movies in the off season. Um, well, I haven't been to the theater. No, uh, I heard actually the Purge Two was pretty good. Really? I like the Purge? idea. I think that's a pretty good idea for a movie. I like the idea that you have to get off the streets because for one day a year, everybody gets to kill whoever they want. You know, that's going to be like a <laughs> reoccurring movie, right? It's probably going to be yearly now. Just really? Based off really? That idea. Yeah, because the last, the first one came out last year, and you know, I just feel like that's one of those horror flicks that are low to pre- low cost to produce, and they just keep gonna keep churning them out. Hmm. See, I kind of I like the Purge one actually. I know I, I think it caught some heat probably with the critics, but that means it's good if the critics don't like it. But Damashek, not to get too dark, but if there was a purge, would you lock yourself in your house with your family, or would you be out there hunting? I don't understand, but that's that's my problem with the movie. If you know, I don't know how you make a script out of this, but if this if the premise is, hey, everybody gets to kill for one day out of the year, what is what are people doing out? What are, why, why would you ever leave your house? What do you think I would do, Hawk? I'm well, I'm trying to think of who I would have to take out. I'm trying to think if I would have to go out and find somebody. But I, I think I'd be inclined to batten the doors and shut it down for 24 hours. I think I'll probably skip on going out to see a movie or going out to, to get uh, some Chinese food because I have a taste for it by one day, right? What, who, who goes out on that night? Well, the, the hooligans went out. If you saw the, the first one, um, Ethan Hawke tried to 
try to lock his place down, he realized it wasn't really as secure as he thought. So oh, they break into know. his house. Exactly. Yeah, they. Yeah, he's like a big guy in the house on the hill, basically a rich dude, and took in. Eh, just a. A crazy story, yeah. His son let one of the guys in that they were chasing. Boom, they came in. Whole life is in shambles after that. But I, uh, I agree with you though. You probably just want to get down. The, the thing that I would, I would have a problem with is so then you got to wait 365, 364 more days until the next purge. If someone wronged you, what happens if like the morning of, after the 24-hour purge, some guy you felt like was dishonored you or your family? Are you gonna have the patience to wait 364 days? to go get them <laughs> it's a it's a heavy philosophical question so i don't know hawk i mean what so would you lock your doors would you shut it down or would you go vigilante like you did on the golf course in tahoe it, it all depends on how that year went for me some years yes i probably would just lock my doors down and hide in there with my family and then <laughs> some years i would probably tuck my wife and kids down in the basement and give my all my kids a nice gun and say, if anyone comes to that door, you shoot them. I say, Dad, <laughs> Dad's, Dad's got to go uh, Dad's gotta go hunt for 24 hours. Don't worry about me. I'll be back. <laughs> this is pretty dark conversation from you, Hawk. You're, you're far too sweet for this. I, this isn't well, uh, the ugly underbelly. This is what I'm talking about. This is why I'm glad we had a little mini intervention for you. I want you to stay within yourself. I don't like these well, I, fantasies that you're playing well, out. Well, I know. You know, I just I saw the movie, like, I saw it the second time, like, maybe a month ago, and I just... I was really entertained slash scared mm -hmm. by the thing, so I'm just kind of thinking through it out loud. I thought you would be talking about, like, Frozen or Rio Part 2 or something like that. Yeah, my daughter loves that Let It Go song from Frozen. She sang it on stage at my charity event. Is that right? Do you know a little of it? I mean, I know you know a little bit of it. You're a great singer. I know the part of Let It Go. She, did, she really just sang the hook because I tell her no one wants to hear your – when people sing their underground stuff, no one's heard. We want to sing. We want the hit. And so right, my daughter just let, let it go. She sang the let it go part over and over. All right. How about you and I do it right now? Ready? One. Because we didn't get to do it in Tahoe. Let's do it right now. Ready? One, two, three. Yeah, let it go. I'm going to try it again, Hawk. Ready? Oh, my phone, my, my phone must have cut out. Oh, all right. Ready? Here we go. Let it go. Mm -hmm. Oh, my phone cut out again. My bad. I don't understand what you're, what game you're playing here, Hawk. Do you sing I'm it? Not, my Go game ahead. is I'm not singing the song with you. I don't like I that. Can't, I can't. I love you, Damashek, but you know I can't compete with your passionate energy. I've told let you it go. Let it go. <laughs> the cold well, never bothered me anyway. <laughs> right? Oh, see, you... You live in L.A. Do you, have you, you probably do go to, like, acting classes and singing classes, don't you? Yes. Yes, I do. My my uh, schedule is filled with my acting slash singing classes. You know, that would be a fun thing, though. There should be a thing. The Packers are, you know, they love to play on the frozen tundra. Can't you, if A.J. Hawk, like, you should change the lyrics a little bit. That could be your song for 2014 is let it go, you know. Let's go. Let's go. We, the cold never bothers us anyway you know you know what i'm saying <laughs> i guess i do know what you're saying i mean i would love to just 
live inside your brain for 10 minutes and see what's going on up there. I don't know, really. Hey, why do people uh, – I don't think we've ever talked about this. Why do you think Greg Jennings and guys like that feel like it's okay to, to – what do you know about Aaron Rodgers? Why do they sort of take little subtle shots at him? Not, not that they say he's not good or that, you know, he's they, – they seem to insinuate that there's something incomplete about what he does for the Packers. Why is this? Has Greg been saying more stuff now? No, I know it's an old story, but I feel like when guys leave the Packers that they do sort of whisper some things about Rodgers. What gives there? Oh, I have no idea. Well, I mean, I know Aaron very well. Um, He was out in Tahoe with us as well. So, yeah, I mean, he – I really don't know. I don't think it's anything – if anyone does say anything, I don't think it's ever personal about Aaron. I think it's – people are asked about him, especially if you're an offensive player. So – I don't know if it's guys want to make headlines or guys. Sometimes guys are bitter if they feel like they they were not offered what they thought or they wanted you know weren't offered anything at all or whatever the case is. Usually when guys leave a team, it's it's not on the best terms on both sides. You know, either one one side wants you to stay and the other other side doesn't. So I have no idea. I mean, I, no, there's nothing incomplete about Aaron, especially as a football player and as a person and brand. So no, I honestly don't know you. I can promise you when the when the Packers give me the axe, I'm not going to be sitting here saying anything bad about Aaron. What the, so what is he like then to be around in, in football terms? I don't mean like in the offseason when you you guys are hanging out. What you know, Because you hear tale of Peyton Manning gets in the face of his teammates and he challenges them to elevate their game and, you know, all that kind of jazz. To me, Aaron Rodgers, the thing you have heard forever about professional athletes magic johnson on up is you know he makes everybody around him better to me who does that more than aaron Rodgers does with that offense i mean i'm this isn't a put down of greg jennings or james jones or anybody else but would those guys be stars in any circumstance no i don't think so aaron Rodgers, it seems to me makes everybody better out there on offense what is he like then to be around in the locker room before a game during practice whatever well, Aaron's the perfect balance between all that, and he's comfortable with himself, which I like, because I think as a quarterback in the league, and especially when you're one of the highest paid, there is a lot of pressure on them from the outside of people that want you to be a certain way. And I've heard um, – I've talked to different players before. Like, I talked to um, talked to a linebacker once that played in his league, and his coach tried to tell him, hey, you need to be like more like Ray Lewis and get out there and rally the troops and all that. And he's this guy's thinking, what are you talking – like, I'm not Ray Lewis. I, that's how Ray is. He naturally acts like that. So, obviously, it comes out you can't be someone you're not. And Aaron definitely is. And Aaron has a perfect balance of being the cool, calm and collected California laid-back dude in the locker room and when he needs to be. But then he, at any time he can flip that switch and has no problem getting on anybody on the field, offense, defense, letting people know his opinion. So I think that's why he's respected so much. If you was just a straight, you know, in-your-face yell guy all the time, then, yeah, it might get some good results on the field most of the time, but you're going to lose a lot of respect and a lot of, uh, you know, good morale with your teammates. And he kind of figures out how to, how to handle it all. He hangs out with everybody. He does a great thing on and off the field, and he knows what he's doing. And then when it's time to play, he is an ultra competitor, and that's what we see for sure. Ain't it jive at this point, that whole – like we've been talking about that lately here, is 
Bob Knight is is fun. Actually, you're from Green Bay, of course. Vince Lombardi with all the the you know speechifying, and you know it seemed like he really got in the face of players and everything. Isn't that antiquated now? Would that work with profession? Does that work with professional athletes at this point to be getting in their face? Isn't Pete Carroll's approach, Mike McCarthy's approach, Tomlin, Rex Ryan, and the rest? Isn't that the way it has to be in the 21st century? Be a nice guy to your players. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be. I mean, there's all different ways to go about it. But um, I don't know if, you know, a guy like Bobby Knight could work. But the thing is, you have to find a way to win. When a guy is like that and he's in guys' faces and he's yelling and he's freaking out all the time, teams will put up with that as long as you're winning. They'll say, all right, this guy's crazy, but, you know, we're winning. I like to win. We'll, we'll figure it out. The second you go, you start to lose. You're going to lose most of the guys on the team, but yeah, I mean, there's a, there's all that kind of talk about the new generation of players and new generation of of just kids these days and how we feel. So they're not used to getting yelled at like that. Um, but the good ones know how to turn it on and how to they know how to push each individual guy. You know, so they they need to. All those coaches you mentioned still will get into a guy's face and have have the respect of the players. So. The great thing about a guy like Bobby Knight is I love watching YouTube clips of him, but he definitely would be a tough guy to play for, I think. Do you ever have a coach that is sort of like that? Oh, my gosh, my whole life. Um, growing up, obviously I had Coach Tressel in college, and he is the ultimate guy of balance and keeping his cool. But when he would get upset, you knew it instantly. It was like when your dad was disappointed. Not mad at <laughs> you, he's just disappointed. So you just felt even worse. But, yeah, um, <laughs> My linebacker coach in college, Luke Fickle, is three-time state champ wrestler. He's the toughest guy I've ever met in my life, and that guy had no problem. He, We're still scared of him. He lives a mile from me in Ohio. I'm still scared of that guy, but I love him. <laughs> Every one of my high school coaches um, were – that was the toughest thing I've ever gone through for sure was when I played high school football at Centerville High School. Those four years were uh, – they're kind of what shaped me as a – player and a, and a man that makes you grow up quick they uh you talk about some tough practices and some tough film sessions they they're not scared of anything there was there was no uh rules really then on what they could do so it's uh boy I, I, I so much respect that's like i say you know i like bob knight i went to indiana university and i enjoyed his teams but if anybody treats me that way that does not get the best out of me that makes me curl up in a fetal position and weep <laughs> I, yelling at me does not motivate me to do better. So that's a funny thing. Yes, Black Tie. AJ, before we let you go here, and you guys are talking about Aaron Rodgers, obviously, and one of the things I'm, I'm a big proponent of is body language. A quarterback's body language is so important to the rest of the team. Could you talk about that for Aaron Rodgers? Do you, obviously, on the defensive side of the ball. You but, and your body language, that, Black Tie. This is an outrage. I, I think it's very important. All you know, right. he's a leader of the team. How important is it, you know, seeing A-Rod or even, a, you know, the Stop defensive Stop calling leader? him A-Rod. I told you, Aaron Gobrat is the is – the, a-Rod mm-hmm. is a terrible nickname, and we have to work on that this year, Hawk, for sure. Anyway, answer Black okay. Tie's question, if you would. Well, I think – I don't know what your guys' opinion is, but I think Aaron's body language is always you know, always good in a positive manner. And when he, when it – you definitely see when – you can tell when he's upset. We love to joke with him about his body language on his – got his little leg. He likes to flip up when he's mad, usually at the ref. He, his, all his body <laughs> language – if his body language is ever um, – poor or in a negative 
you know, giving off a negative vibe, it's because he feels like the ref missed the call or they blew the whistle dead when when uh, the defense jumped off sides and he wanted to throw it deep for a touchdown. That's usually when his body language will change. But towards players and coaches and on the field, he he never really, to me, shows anything other than, you know, in, being in control and, and competing. And I know what your answer is going to be, but he is – are you – well, I guess the way to ask this is, are you surprised that you hear Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Drew Brees when you see lists of the best quarterback? Do you think to yourself, I mean, I don't know how this is a discussion. Because to me, it really is. And I respect those other guys, and I know they're all going to the Hall of Fame and everything. But to me, Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback that I've ever watched. I, I'm, yeah, you know, I agree with you. He's the best player on the planet. I say it all the time. Um but, I mean, I can definitely see how there's a, a conversation because those guys have been doing it for so long, and Aaron's been doing it for so long, but those guys are a little older. What, what are they, 30, was Tom and, and Peyton, what, 35, 36? Maybe? Yeah, well, yeah Peyton's older than that even, yeah. So, yeah, that's – it's just they've been doing the league 15, 14 years now, and so Aaron's going on 10, so that's the reason I'm sure there's, there's talk like that. But they're never just going to crown one guy like that in football. It's such a, such a weird – fluid sport with a lot of moving parts. They're always going to talk about it, but I would say if you're in that handful of, of uh, guys that are talking about you're you're doing pretty well. Well, you know, it's like I say, if you guys, if I'm right and you guys win a Super Bowl this year, the Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in history, will accelerate, and everybody will be on board with that. But I want you to remember, Hawk, I called this title, and I also have been calling uh, Aaron Rodgers the best quarterback in history over the last three or four years. I was ahead of the curve. It's like I discovered an indie band before they became popular, you know? And then when they became popular, you, people decided they don't like him anymore, right? And right. Works. Then I kick you and all the Packers to the curb. In the meantime, though, we've been talking about this here. I think it's too much already. And this is the last thing so you can uh, have some free time to yourself before you get into training camp. But last thing, we've been talking about America's team. Enough with the Cowboys. You know, nobody but eight and eight and eight and eight and eight and eight. No, that's not America's team. I say – the Green Bay Packers are maybe America's team, or maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers. How say you? I agree with you. When when you um, said that, I mean, you got to give Jerry Jones some credit. I don't know who came up with America's team, but man, he uh, he'll he'll do his best to, to keep in the headlines. But um, I was gonna say that I was gonna say Pittsburgh should be in that conversation because I know how well Pittsburgh travels. I know. Uh, mm-hmm. I grew up going to games at Riverfront Stadium, Bengals, Steelers, and the whole place was taken over by Pittsburgh fans. Maybe a young Damashek might have even made the trek for one of those. But Oh, yes. Yeah. I think uh, I'm with you, man. Why not? Especially since – why not the Packers since we're the only team without an owner and we're owned, you know, by the shareholders. Then, yeah, why wouldn't we be? Today's the big shareholder meeting um, in, uh, in Lambeau where Mark Murphy and Ted Thompson, they're all – talking and giving their kind of state of the union on the Packers. So, yeah, why not Why not us? Beer and brats. What's not to love about uh, Wisconsin, that you guys are in a small town like that? Your uniforms never change. You seem like a bunch of likable fellas. This seems to me like 20 – maybe we change it every year. But for right now, I say the Green Bay Packers, led by their sometimes a salty linebacker, A.J. Hawk, are, uh, are, the, are, are America's team right now. Last thing. I know I said last thing before. But since you're in Ohio, you are the voice of that state. What about LeBron James? Are you are you jazzed about that one? 
Yeah, I am. Um, I guess I didn't freak out and have the hysteria that, that a lot of people did. Um, I, I was hoping he came back to Cleveland. But now all those people that were burning jerseys and didn't go to the Cavs games uh, once he left, they're all back right away. And that was a really cool letter that he he, mm-hmm. uh, he had had written um, to come back. I think it was awesome. Showed like uh, my brother sent it to me right away, and I remember just like maturity and everything. I thought it was really cool and how he worded that. Um, but I said, what a what a year for uh, for Cleveland in the state of Ohio getting Johnny Manziel <laughs> and LeBron James back all within like a what four month span or whatever it is, three month span. What would you say to Johnny Football? What would you say to him right now? If it was like, hey, J- hey, AJ Hawk, you've been around a while. You have any advice for me as I uh, go into my first season here? I really wouldn't. I don't. I'm not a big guy on like giving advice. Well, I mean, if he asked me, I would try to tell him what works for me. But I, I have a weird view on his whole situation when he uh, people are taking pictures of him out and doing whatever he wants. I, in my eyes, it's none of our business. It's literally none of our business. Who mm-hmm. cares? All that matters is what he does in the field. And if he plays great, guess what? Nobody cares about that stuff. And if he doesn't play great, that's the first thing they're going to jump on and start showing, bringing pictures back up from six months ago. You know. So, well, I don't know what the outrage would be when you drafted the guy. He was already that polarizing figure that was out there and out and about hanging out with rappers and sitting courtside at basketball games when he was in college. So why is this like a a big deal where you thought you were bringing in somebody that's just going to sit in their basement all night? All right, Hawk. Listen. It has been a great year for the state of Ohio so far, or an exciting one at the very least. But now we turn our gaze up to Wisconsin. A special year awaits you and the rest of the Packers, I forecast. Thanks for your time as usual, Hawk. we got to catch up with you, if possible, one more time before the kickoff. Actually, you know, I'm going to be in Seattle for that game, come to think of it. Fail Mary Part 2. I'm traveling up there to witness you guys seek your revenge against the Seahawks. I'm going to be up there for that one. But we got a kibitz before because I want to get Pistol Hawk, your old man, on the phone. I wanted to bring him in here today to have an intervention for you because of your behavior in Tahoe. We couldn't work that one out, but I do want to talk to him. Ohio State, Packers, and the rest of it. I hope we can make that work. In the meantime, you are one of the good ones, Hawk. You are uh, a sweetheart with all your off-season charity work and everything else, not to mention the charitable deed of joining us on this podcast all the time. Good luck with HawkCast. And by the way, this is just a precursor. Same thing as the DDFP is here. You, me, maybe we'll get Ike Taylor. We'll we'll have a super group in a few years. We're just going to get a show, and that'll be it for all of time. Next 25 years will be us talking. That'd be amazing. I also I don't think I forgot. I need to have you on my deal on the hot cast. I'm gonna once camp dies down a bit and I'm able to move back home. That's when I uh, I need to set up a nice little. I need to really get to the core of who Damashek is. Yeah, that's an important thing that America will uh, awaits at the edge of its collective seat to hear about. In the meantime, first guest <laughs> Brett Michael is there, or Brett Michaels um, and uh, Poison and all that. Uh, what did you talk about? I hope you don't like that kind of music, do you? I like all kind of different kinds of music, but yeah, I mean, it's. I, I'm just trying to talk to interesting people from all different kind of walks, man. Whatever. But he, uh, we talked about everything. You know, he had a crazy story. He had brain hemorrhage, almost died multiple times. He's, had, he's been giving himself insulin shots since he was like six because he had hmm. diabetes. I mean, he's got a a crazy life, and he's still touring at you know age fifty or fifty one, whatever it is. He's just a 
He's a good dude. He's one of the, the good guys. And yeah, I met him. I, I did meet him once for, and uh, got to hang out with him for about a half hour. He did seem like a very nice guy. Anyway, uh, all right, Hawk, good luck with HawkCast and uh, good health to you in the coming month here and throughout the season. And like I say, hopefully we can get you and Pistol. Maybe Ryan, the star high school football player, he and I have kibitzed Ooh. a little bit on Twitter, you know. Yes, and Ryan – was my caddy when uh, I tackled that dude out in Tahoe. So Ryan had it up. He, he could he could walk you through exactly how it happened too. Because even when it was over, people would ask me, "What? Well, how did it happen?" I was like, "I don't really know." And all I do is I I kind of blacked out. It was one of those things where I figured all of a sudden, boom, it was done. I hit the guy, went down, I hugged him, a high five. It was a great experience. All right, Hawk, save assaulting people like that for the night of the purge. Otherwise, I don't want you doing that any other time of the year. All right. All right. I got a couple. Yeah, I got about 360 days left before I can do it again. Yeah, we'll get like well, however many there are, five, ten, a hundred guys. You can assault them all on that night. For in the meantime, though, lay off that jazz. Sounds good. I will. I will listen to you like you're my father. All right, Hawk. Congratulations in advance of a Super Bowl victory, and I look forward to watching you. Uh, you know, take the initial strides on the way there in August and into September. All right, fella, go get them. Thank you. Appreciate it. Dave. There he goes, everybody. Your 2013 Shecky Award winner for the best football playing guest on the Dave Damashek football program, A.J. Hawk. I didn't bring it up to him, Black Tie. I don't want to get inside his head on anything. I don't want him doubting himself. It's just what I was talking about with Bob Knight. I'm not going to be aggressive as the host of this show, but, you know, where do you stand right now? As July, we're in the back end of July. Right now, where do you have the Shecky Award for best football playing guest? Oh, man, this year is tough. Ike Taylor's definitely made a strong push. He's terrific. You know, he's definitely made a really strong push. He was good. AJ's always in that mix, always in that mix. Um, Isn't it interesting? Does Michael I, like Robinson I talk about... count? Sure, yeah, yeah, he's a football playing guest. He's up there. Michael Robinson, yeah, we've had some uh, some fun guys. Julius Thomas was a, was a surprise, you know. Yeah, he talks soccer with yeah, us. Yeah, that's pretty right. good. Um, Versatility. Hawk is strong, and like I said to him, it wasn't trying to curry favor with him. He is weird in that he doesn't seem to have that that, uh, ego. that arrogance. Yeah. yeah, he just seems sort of like, yeah, I don't know how I get to play football, but I do. You know, is yeah. sort of his uh, yeah. his attitude. He's he's, he's very likable. I'm looking forward to checking out this Hawkcast. All right, Black Tie. So training camp is underway for a lot of teams. The last few teams are making it in there imminently. Where do you come down right now? The big observation for me is Gronkowski announces this week that he feels like he's got uh, that you know that he's ready to go at the start of camp. And the thing that uh, I identify is this: if you could get 16 games out of Rob Gronkowski, 16 healthy games out of him, I can't see who would beat that team in the AFC. Likewise, in the NFC, well, I can conjure teams that could still beat them, but the Seahawks would go to another level if they could have a full season out of Percy Harvin. You know, they get to the Super Bowl. They don't need Percy Harvin, obviously, to get to the Super Bowl, but you see how different – 
they look. If you start contributing points in the third phase of the game, I mean, he ended the Super Bowl with that kickoff return to start things in the second half, and he makes a big play in the first half as well. You know what's funny about that kickoff return? I actually was at the game. He should have been the MVP, come to think of it. But Could anyway. have been, yeah. I actually was at the game, and I, I, I made a move of saying, okay, second half is about to start. Let me go grab a quick drink. So I do that, and when I'm doing that, Percy, I'm like, I'm like crying out loud. I'm at the Super Bowl. I'm about to see a kickoff return, and I'm missing this because I'm going to get a drink. So I run back to the stadium, and I catch the very end just as he answers the end zone. I'm like, I got to see this live. So a little funny moment there for me. But, yeah, you think about that. You know, I, I, I the Seahawks, um, if you had that guy, I mean, uh, curse – and Baldwin and, you know, obviously Marshawn Lynch in the great offensive line. The thing about Russell Wilson is people have created this story around him that he's a game manager. Just as long as he doesn't turn it over, that team is in good shape. Look up his numbers. They stack up there with just about anybody in their first two years. Of course, you have to throw away 20th century numbers. But just this collective group of Cam Newton yep. and RG3 and Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson has put up some monstrous totals, and he has not had the benefit. I think he and, you know, come to think of it, Pierre Garçon has been very productive, but RG3 hasn't had top-tier pass-catching weapons across the board. Now he does, though, with Jackson and Jordan Reed and yep. Garçon. And then Cam Newton is, going to, I think, going to regress. I think that Panthers team is going to regress. Bum ankle on Cam Newton. Steve Smith moves on. But Russell Wilson, if you give him Percy Harvin this year, egad, that team's got I – st- I stand by my pick of the Packers, though, to get to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, barring massive injury, but of course, speaking we of young to... quarterbacks, so uh, Nate Burleson, a friend of the podcast, yeah, you know, he's he another dropped, one of our favorites. Dropped, yeah, dropped a great freestyle once on the air. He's, you know, obviously he's a Browns player now. He's speaking about Johnny Manziel at training camp, he says he didn't make any mistakes today. He's learned he's learned the playbook well. My question here is, how soon do you think? At what point does Johnny get named the starter? Are we talking week two preseason, just before this the dress rehearsal game? It's what we talked about two, three months ago. This charade of pretending that you're not going to put these guys in there, to, you know, to what end? Hey, Gus Bradley in Jacksonville, what evidence do you have that it's a good move to leave Blake Bortles on the bench in his rookie season in favor of Chad Henney? By the way, from a PR standpoint, for an excitement standpoint, if you're one of those teams that needs to generate some enthusiasm from the fan base, same goes for the Oakland Raiders. Why would you roll with Matt Schaub when you have Derek Carr, who you've spent a second-round draft pick on? You've got to... That aside, I know that uh, getting fans in the seats and getting some momentum and getting the spotlight back on you, but, you know, these teams are... I, it's to me, it's a charade. I think Blake Bortles will be the starter by October. Maybe they'll try and stick with Chad Henney, but you need, like I say, you got to get things. Uh, you got to get some enthusiasm. Uh, there are certain teams in the NFL that we don't talk nearly as much about, and it's because of their win totals. And I, you feel like. Jacksonville, a couple of years ago, the, the the noise was they should go sign Tim Tebow just to be relevant, just because people will pay attention to them. To their credit, they didn't run out and do that. Or is it to their credit? I thought that would have been interesting to watch Tebow on the Jags who were going nowhere anyway. Either way now, Blake Bortles, I think, is going to be good. In fact, you know what, Black Tie, we should do that. We should make our predictions, and we'll have to put them away. What's that called when you when you put stuff in a box and then you bury it in the dirt? 
You know what I'm talking about? I do know what then you're talking about. Then you pull about. it back out to see what you put in see there years right. later. Yeah. We should do that. We should go deep. We should – and then bury it, and then in six years or ten years, we dig it back up. But we should make a list of who we think is going to be the best quarterback by year. I think – Johnny. so how do you think? Johnny Football, Blake Bortles, Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater. Who do you think does well? I think Johnny for sure. For, I, well, I don't know about for sure. With I think for sure. I don't think it's going to be. I don't. I think it's going to going to be. Let's say I don't think it's going to be great overall. I just think it's going to be a guy who has splash plays here and there. So you put up with his bat, so to speak, like almost like a. Not like he doesn't have the Vic speed or talent. You don't. You don't know off the top of your head his forty time, right? No, it was like four six there about. He's not that. He's shifty. He's not like flat out fast. But I do think he's going to have some big plays, exciting plays. And end of the day too, like if you're. If you're a Browns fan, that's what you want to see sometimes. If if you're not winning, at least be excited for games coming up. So I think he's Russell what, Wilson to me. That's who that's who Johnny I think, football. I think is. Russ Russell is a lot more composed, and that's why some, sometimes people say he's a game manager because he has that composure that you just don't see from a young guy. Um, but I do think Russell's going to step it up a little bit more. But I think Johnny Johnny will be good. I'm not a huge Teddy Bridgewater guy. You, that there's no reason for that though. That's something I've been talking about quite a bit. We have collectively forgotten what he was in his junior year at Louisville. Wait, I'm confused. Sophomore, junior, senior, but either way, he gets Charlie Strong the big deal to move down to Texas. Of course, I'm sure Strong can vouch for him. Teddy Bridgewater. On a team that doesn't really belong being ranked up there with the actually best college football teams, Teddy Bridgewater is what made that team relevant. All right, 2013 wasn't the greatest for him, but then he goes out and has a pro day without the glove on, and so he doesn't throw the ball well. You watch. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be better than most people expect, and he's another guy they should put him in there. Conspiracy theorists out there say maybe he tanked that pro day workout just to go to the Vikings. I don't know. I don't know how true that is. But <laughs> what? How would he no be able idea. to do that? I don't know. But I've heard that. I've heard that around, around the interwebs. Uh, quick question for you before we head out. Obviously, training camp is back. That means Hard Knocks is back. Yes. The Falcons. Roddy White, who just got a new uh, extension as we're out here recording. Um, what, what are you looking forward to in Hard Knocks? I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't know. I Roddy White, we've spoken to. He's a fun guy. Um, but I, you know, I don't, this team doesn't have a feel the Falcons. Maybe we'll get to, to learn about Mm -hmm. them and we'll know them, but they're a team that collectively starting with Matt Ryan, this isn't to diminish him, but I just feel like, you know, sort of vanilla as a Mm. personality, what we see out there, Julio Jones, we don't really know that much about him. I mean, who stands out? O.C. Humanior is a, is definitely a fun guy. Maybe they'll follow him around as uh, mm-hmm. as the wily old vet. Steven Jackson can be some fun as well. But um, it does. I, I don't feel inspired this year. I'm not over the moon. Can't wait to watch as you would be with like Rex Ryan's Jets. Agreed. And again, it's hard knocks. You know, depends on the coach and. Mike Smith doesn't inspire a lot of uh, a lot of confidence. Doesn't seem like he does, and obviously doesn't doesn't seem like he offers a lot of entertainment. A guy they're missing out on who would have been great with Sean Weatherspoon on their defense. He's out for the season. He would have been a fun guy, fun personality. I think Julio Jones might be a surprise standout. He seems quiet, but he seems like a a bit of a character too. So yeah, we'll see. I will, we'll see with Hard Knocks. Um, yeah. Anyhow, uh, AJ Hawk, terrific. You must feel validated, Black Tie. He actually had a a. Um, legitimate response to your body language question. Yeah, I mean, it's it's important stuff. I, I keep trying to tell you guys that body language is key. It's key for quarterback. It's key for any leader of men, any leader of a group of men. 
I think, listen, I think it's a legitimate thing. You know, you hear whispers about Matt Stafford in Detroit that when the team was plummeting, they tried to have a players-only meeting. Matt Stafford didn't care about it, and Reggie Bush had to do it. That's probably bad. I wonder, that's what I'm getting at with the Aaron Rodgers stuff. Do people feel he isn't that sort of... You know, I, I, I could see Brett Favre, you know, rallying the troops more than I could Aaron Rodgers. Is that what Greg Jennings and other guys who leave uh, Green Bay are talking about? I'm not quite sure, but obviously you hear Hawk vouch for him and say what a, uh, a good guy he is. And not as a good human being, but in terms of football, that he's, uh, he's an actually good leader. Lastly, before we leave, Ray Rice suspended for two games. Your thoughts? Ugh, I mean, you know, listen, I, I, I just I don't understand it, you know. What, so he never hit a bong, so the guys that do hit bongs go, you know, lose entire seasons. I know it's a matter of repeat offender, but, I mean, you have to judge things differently, right? Don't you have to judge things on a different scale? Well, this was Ray Rice's first real blip, as a, a first negative blip in what has otherwise been a really nice career. Yeah, I get you, but the crime as it is – is pretty severe. I mean, that video is pretty damning stuff. I'm I'm stunned that it wasn't at minimum four. I thought maybe eight games. Pretty outrageous stuff. I was uh, frankly kind of disappointed to see that uh, two games. Not from a because I root for another team in the AFC North perspective or anything. I'd say, you know, I, I just I was uh, surprised by how slight the punishment was for him. Because, as I say, the crime was pretty severe. So, anyhow, um, that's a sour note to end on, Black Tie. What are you doing? I don't know oh, what you, that's... you want another one? Another no. nugget? What do you like you... better? I'll just answer an NBA question. That'll boost our spirit. Okay. Which deal would you take if you were the uh, T-Wolves? Would you take that Bulls deal or would you take Have the Have you Cavs heard the new, the new Bulls deal? It sounds interesting. It sounds well, I don't know anything Taj, about the European guy yeah, who's supposed Taj, to be good. Yeah, Doug McDermott and uh, Nikola Miritich, I guess. Let's say he's good. If Let's I mean, I don't know anything Kukoc. about him. It would d- depend. Oh, he's not that kind of player, though, is he? He's like a 6'10 shooter. Oh, he is? Yeah. Oh. 6'9", 6'10", yeah. EuroLeague MVP. I, you know, you do make a keen point, Black Tie. I've, I've seen you slash young Kobe. <laughs> I've seen you on the Twitter kibitzing about this. And you're absolutely right. Kevin Love is so undervalued. There's this momentum behind, well, he's never been to the playoffs. And I and I get that. And he, and I understand he's not a great defender. But he's a 26-12 guy. You know, he gets on that offensive glass like nobody's business. He can play. You know, he can he, he stretches the defense with that outside shooting, banging on the, on the uh, offensive glass, like I say. To me, you know, I, I would uh, – the Bulls would be vastly – superior if you could bring Kevin Love in. I now am with you that the the Cavs need to move heaven and earth to get him because LeBron James is not 26. If he were 26, yeah. I would say keep Wiggins. Yeah. But he is not. Yeah. You, uh, his window, LeBron's window, the idea that he's so superhuman that the rules don't apply to him is flawed thinking. You know, he's got three or four years yeah. left at this level, maybe. Yep. So you try to cash in in the short term. You go get Kevin yeah. Love. I mean, I, I would say if you can hold on to Wiggins or at least a trade deadline to see what you have, that would be ideal. But obviously the T-Woos might make another move. So understandable, you got to get him. Love is 25. He has three legitimate elite skills. Shooting a three-pointer for a big man. Rebounding the ball and his passing. So, I mean, you got to do it. I, obviously the Warriors bulking and not giving up Clay Thompson is just laughable to me, um, but I 
actually find that to be an insult to Steph Curry because people are saying, "Oh, the Warriors would be that much better if they had if they had Kevin Love." It's like, wait, are you kidding me? Do you do you see the amount of defensive attention placed on Steph Curry? You know, Clay Thompson is like a release valve for Steph Curry. He's like the tight end, the safety blanket. You bring a guy like Kevin Love in, he's a guy who makes the defense actually game plan for him. But I've been around some NBA players and I've seen like actual scouting reports and it's based on it's based on hey, we're we're targeting this player. This is what we're doing against this player. Not every player has that section in the scouting report. Steph Curry is like the only player that has that for the Warriors. If you bring Kevin Love in, he's another guy who has two, three pages in the defensive scouting report and you have to pay attention to. So that's an interesting uh, point you make there. I, you know, I don't think you could even wait till the trade deadline, though, if you're the Cavs, because chemistry and getting a team rhythm and all that, if you That's bring them in point. in February, I don't know that they That's would a fair point. You know, ascend that quickly because that would be a completely different makeup of the team if you bring Kevin Love in there. Either way, all right, NBA offseason talk. I don't know. I don't want to say it's hereby over with because now we're in training camp. We'll probably delve into it a little bit, but it's here, everybody. Football season. They're now out there practicing, as you know. That means the real thing is just about here. Oh, it's it's just an exciting time for everybody here at NFL Media. So we'll be back with a couple of podcasts for you next week. In the meantime, thanks to AJ Hawk. Make sure you check out Hawkcast. The first one with uh, Brett Michaels. I feel bad. I, th- I got confused. I said Vince Neal. I learned from the best, Mr. Dave Damaschek. Ah, there he is. The great A.J. Hawk. All right, Black Tie, if you want to sing us off singing Let It Go, Frozen, otherwise uh, you can just play our usual yub-nub song as we go out. Like I say, we'll be back with more hooey and applesauce later on. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home.